0: Welcome to Jafis Space, a podcast about the world of Jewish outdoor food, farming, and environmental education, also known as Jaffi. I'm Yoshi Silverstein.
1: And I'm Hannah Henza.
0: Together, we are the Jaffi program team at Chazon, the Jewish lab for sustainability.
1: Jaffe is a catch-all term shared by many to describe educational experiences that connect people to Judaism, community, and the natural world through hands-on, thoughtful, and engaging Jewish content across different ages, backgrounds, and religious approaches. It's a growing movement with people, programs, and organizations throughout North America who are doing some pretty incredible things.
0: Join us as we get to know the people behind this work learn what Jaffe looks like on the ground and get the inside scoop on the challenges obstacles and moments of serendipity that have shaped today's Jaffe landscape ready to go
1: grab your shovel your rake or whatever your tool of choice and and let's let's dig in. in
0: Welcome to Jafis Space. We are Yoshi and Hannah from the Hazon Jaffe team. We are thrilled to be joined today by Risa Allison Cooper and Jared Kaminsky from Shoresh in Toronto. Risa is the executive director. Jared is the assistant director. Shoresh's tagline is Canadian soil, Jewish root. And their mission is to lead, inspire, and empower our community to be Shomre Adama, protectors of the earth, through nature-based Jewish case. Jared and Risa, we are so thrilled to have you on. Say hello.
2: Hi
1: everybody. Thank you. Good to be here. We the North. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so nice to it's so nice to be speaking with you all today. Um one of the things we'll just we'll just dive right in. I mean, one of the things that we're really um, interested in, I think, as a community is is everybody's individual story, their their journey for how they found themselves in this space. Joffy's a a space of so many different passionate people. So Would you mind just, like, Jared, Risa, just a couple minutes on on how you ended up at Shoresh. Like, what is it, what was it about Shoresh that really attracted you, and and how'd you end up there? All
2: right, well, why don't I start? So, I was introduced to Shoresh through... My coworker Sabrina Malik, who's the director of Partnerships, Mint. Um, and I met her actually at summer camp when I was a camper growing up, and she was a, my canoe trip guide, and um, we had a great connection then. And she, I, I actually credit her for for um, part of my love of the outdoors and helping me with that awe and wonder of the natural world. And then once um, I was back in Toronto after my undergrad. Looking to get more involved in Jewish community and engage more environmentally and I heard about Shorish through Sabrina so I did some volunteer work at their community garden, at our community gardens and um, a position open to work with them more administratively um, and I jumped on it and been working for Shoresh now for two and a half years and I'm first in this wonderful uh, headway that we have here in Toronto um, and Uh, through my experience um, I've been diving deeper into my own personal Jewish journey and then learning a lot more about protecting the environment Um, but it's basically been an intersection of my my Jewish roots and my passion and love for the environment coming together Um, energy for me here at Shore. Um, That's
1: so great and it's It's so good to hear that, you know, Sabrina played such a large role in in your, like, in the formative years of of Jared's life.
2: (laughs) I have, I just have fond memories of of her being like, Jared, let's go swim out in, in like the beautiful northern Ontario lake. When I was just a kid and under the moonlight um and doing like, stuff outside and like having all those like experiences which i I'd, I'd never really had before, which made an impression on
1: that's so picturesque that's just beautiful so so
3: Rita, what about you? When I think back to the beginning of my my Joffe journey, it really actually began at a free church dinner, Nelson, British Columbia, um, which was the first time um, that I heard, I uh, I was speaking with the pastor of this community, um, and he was talking about the intersections between Uh, Christian tradition and food ethic. And this light bulb went off in my head. I was like, huh, I wonder if Jewish tradition has anything to say about our relationship with the food that we have. Uh, And so academically, I started looking at uh, Jewish food ethics sort of environment. And I called Neely Simhai at the Teva Learning Center to uh, interview her for my master's thesis. And she told me that she couldn't talk about it, but that I was welcome to apply to work at Teva um, and see it all happen. And so I did, Um, I ended up, I went for six weeks, and then I kind of went on for about five years, on and off. Um, And it was while I was at Freep Teva, one day there were a number of us sitting around uh, uh, on the patio, the lake, and lamenting that we didn't have this kind of community of these kind of connections at home. And we looked around the circle and realized that six of us, including myself, Sabrina, we're from Toronto. We're like, well this is kind of kind of silly that we had to find ourselves in rural Connecticut together as a resident. Um, we clearly have uh, they're, they're clearly in works within together. So that's when the idea covenant garden to form. Um, and uh, i ultimately i had my visa revoked and i got sent back for that um, and i was like oh i guess i guess this is the, the universe telling me that it's time to go home um, and that was sort of the impetus for writing those first grants to start the covenant garden as a pilot, a pilot project and um, that ultimately spiraled into this today
0: great so it's, thank you for sharing. Uh, there are so many strange, mysterious, magical moments that seem to have happened in that, um, location in Etiquette. And, uh, we, we talked on our last episode about the sort of like synchronicity of things, right? And something about, right, having six, right? Um, Canadian, you know, Toronto folks find themselves living and working together in Connecticut. So. Um, so tell us, right, um, what, since starting Kavanaugh Garden um, and moving into now, like, what does, how has Shoresh changed and what does that work in Michigan like?
3: Um, so back in 2009, right, we opened the Covenant Garden in bought um, and we had no idea what we were doing whatsoever, um, but put some plants. Uh, I made my very first ever flyer at all of the day schools. Uh, then when people started booking programs, I panicked and I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And so I made my second ever flyer asking for interns. Um, and we got a crew of of six people who ended up uh, really pulling together to become that, that the first Shoresh crew. Um, and for the first few years we just we just said yes to everything. So every school that wanted to come, every school that wanted to come, every organization that wanted to come, we just said yes, yes, yes. Uh, we developed a lot of our initial uh, programs. at ease. Uh, about six years ago um, we were introduced to a community member who said I love what you're doing with Covenant Garden, like what's your vision forward?" I said oh Nobody's ever really asked us that. I, uh, I guess some sort of rural Jewish community would be great. Um, and then she she called me up uh, the week later and said, well, actually, I, I have land. I have about 100 acres of land just now outside of park. Uh, so that's how we became deuced to Shell. Headed to CoVision from um, the 99-acre Center for uh, Sustainable Land-Based Judaism in Hillsburg, Ontario, just an hour outside of Toronto. Um, and then I would say in the last few years, um, we also we Started an amazing partnership with Jewish Family and Child Services, and we opened a client Max. And then in the last few, in the last year or two, we've really started to um, to try and learn how to say no um, in a really, in a really uh, positive and grounding and growthful way. Trying to really figure out what are the things do best, um, and what are the core our efforts and our energies into. So we just two days ago, uh, our board uh, has uh, approved and adopted Shalantis' new plan. Uh, Which will carry us uh, through the end of this Shemitah cycle. Um, And there is a lot of emphasis moving forward still on nature based, to which I keep the core, toward leadership development um,
0: and also get more actively involved environmental great um, so what has that can you tell us a little bit more um, about what that process has looked like of developing the plan and sort of um, like how how is it gonna look like day to day right programmatically like what's gonna be what's gonna be like the core that has stayed consistent from the work you've done and what's gonna sort of shift
2: well it's been a uh, interesting process working on the theory of change and strategic plan, a lot of late-night meetings already, um, and some that um, have been a little bit more challenging than others, but we're, we're, we've now the process. Um, we first started with our theory of change, trying to determine what is the ultimate impact that we want to create in the community and defining our audiences and outcomes for each of those audiences, which will really help us focus in on our programs. And when we get a million of those questions, can you do this program? Um, we could be a little bit more clear um, with which ones will lead us to our ultimate impact. And then in creating curriculum to make them the most effective possible. So, on a data level, and we're soon working on an operation plan um, based off our theory of change JIG plan, um, we're going to prioritize programs which are more immersive so that have multiple touch points with our audience. Um, episodic programs are great, but it is more challenging to get the audience to be protectors of the room, you know, minimal contact and touch points with them, and also programs that are done outside, immersed in nature. It's always the most impactful, um, and so certain programs like that that Shawarsh does. We have the Shorish Outdoor School, um, which fills that criteria, and we're gonna we've been growing it um, year over year. It's one of our programs, and we're gonna continue to grow that. So that's an after-school program for youth, um, which combines Jewish learning with outdoor experiences. Gardening um, happens on a regular basis throughout the season. We'll continue to grow that. And then doing environmental action with the community. Um, Everything we do is community-based and engagement, and it's not just the shore staff stewarding the land we involve in our work, um, where we have Really impactful, deep, meaningful experiences at our farms or our community gardens. Each Jewish value and environmental value.
0: So clearly, you've been needing to say no, right? So clearly, there's a, a abundance of interest, right? Uh, and, and desire and need, community for the work that you're doing. What would you say? What are What are the key things that you know have have led to that? desire from the community? Like, what are the things that you would say Shorish really does so, fa- like, what do you do so fantastically well, right, that, like, uh, that that folks are just wanting more and more? Um,
3: I think that growing demand that we've been really blessed to be experiencing is uh, coming from a few different places. One uh, one is, one is um, reactive and that people are hearing more and more about environmentalists, feeling uh, a greater sense of responsibility for making Choices of action in order to respond to just a full expression of Jewish values. Um, So I think that that's one thing that's been driving people towards Shorash. And I think the other is the strong emphasis that was in our programs on nature connection of uh, bringing people into relationship with the natural world through experiences of radical awe and wonder, amazement of every path around them. And I think that it's those positive experiences that connect both, not just to the natural world, but to their addition to one another, those are the variances that bring people back Again, again, that over the last 11 years, we've been building really, really beautiful, and very vibrant units, those really meaningful moment connection that are drawing both. We-
0: amazing. So we are going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back from the break, we're going to learn more about some of your, like, your specific roles within the organization and sort of get a sense of there's this amazing work and so much needed, necessary work to be done. How does that actually happen on the ground? Uh, so we will be right back.
3: episode of jaffa space is brought to you by the honeybees apis mellifera is a eusocial species that works together to provide a sustainable and safe home for their community as these friends venture forth to collect nectar they act as key pollinators for plants including a huge number of the fruits and vegetables at the foundation of our food systems before bringing back that nectar to turn into sweet and delicious honey speaking of honey A saying based on the Song of Songs suggests that words of Torah are even sweeter than honey, which is pretty darn sweet. So, next time you see a honeybee, make sure to appreciate its hard work and the sweetness of its honey whose taste is like a midrash on the nature-based Torah collected on the honeybee's journey from one flower to the next. And now, back to our friends at Shoresh.
1: Welcome back to Joffa Space. We're here with Lisa Allison Cooper and Jared Kaminsky, the Executive Director and Assistant Director of Shoresh in uh, Toronto, Canada. And we've been talking a lot about um, about what makes Shores unique, and about where they're going, and and some of the great work that they've been doing so far. But I'm really interested in in um, Jared and Rita, What is what does it look like to be you at your organization? You know, what is what does your day to day role look like within the organization? Um, are you still doing any educating, or are you you know in the office? What what does it look like to be to be at Shores these days?
2: Well, I'll start. So our staff is the largest it's ever been um, practicing so we, we are growing we now have we swell Spring and summer and fall, where we do the bulk of our program have staff for us eight, nine. Oh, yeah, we just own new staff. I should know. So, part
0: of my job is <laughs> so many that you like forget about some of them. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> Honestly, our staff are in the field so often. Um, a lot of the time, which is Lisa and I, it's good. It means when they're in the field, they're caring for the land and engaging the community. Oh boy, this look- <laughs> it just keeps growing <laughs> and and. That sort of segues into my job. So, part of what I do is HR, not very well, obviously. Um, So, I I take care of our staff members and um, where other Hats. Uh, one of which is the, the fundraising hat. So I'm responsible for organizing our fund event. Which often have it on it There's some ones in the year. Talk more about. And I write grants and I do our stewardship and development. Um, and then I also have um, I support Risa and our team in doing strategic planning and visioning. And I also have some um, roles in being a facilitator in our, our programs because we are a small team despite growing. So reach um, have to step in and that can fill the well
1: be part of our real great workshops is that we- awesome can you say a little bit more about those uh, those exciting fundraising opportunities it's not often that we you know hear fun and fundraising in the same sentence. So what is what does that look like? Sure.
2: Well I just organized a really successful happen and showed a award-winning documentary about a couple who left their city life behind to start an organic farm and live in connection with the natural world so it shared all about their experiences and then we had local jewish farmers who were talking about what what jewish values they were drawing on as farmers here in ontario and the proceeds went to support Shorish. we have an event in the fall um, which will be about the um, ethical treatment of animals, um, specifically looking at heritage birds, chickens, and raising them versus um, industrial birds and some of the issues surrounding that, all through a Jewish lens, according to Shorish. So, we're trying to engage our communities in educational, interesting, and hopefully fun events where we can um, introduce more people to the organization, raise funds that will support our, to do
1: our transform. Very cool. And, and Risa, what about you? What's a, what's the day in the life of, of Risa Cooper look like?
3: controlled chaos I would say um, one of the things that I love most about my role is that I am able to step in all kinds of French so there is there is no standard day some days I spend the entire day at the computer filling out spreadsheets um, other days I'm up at the farm or I. Uh, the other night I was teaching an adult b'nai mitzvah class at a synagogue in the suburbs so there there is no average day in the life um, in terms of like what I'm mostly holding and putting my energies towards, um, I hold what we call meta keva, which is the the uh, meta structure that uh, helps to guide our work. So, um, really holding the the visioning, planning, way forward that we are articulating the ultimate impact that we hope to achieve, and that our programs are in line towards that end, um, and that what we is successful. Um, I'm also uh, I also hold the role of director of education, so help really set um, the programming framework for what we do. Uh, I do a lot of curriculum development. Again, the awesome opportunity to run our our training and that we run every spring for our educators and for uh, other educators in it. Um, And I also get to not enough, but uh, a lot at Baila Farm really uh, to guide our, our environmental stewardship initiatives there. Uh, so just uh, the other week, we've been working over the last couple of years on a bee sanctuary. Uh, currently, our bee sanctuary at Baila Farm is four acres, and God willing, will also grow to be about 20 acres. Uh, and just a few weeks ago, we had a whole lot of community out and help plant uh, just under a hundred shrubs that are specifically early spring nectar sources for. I uh, did some really beautiful pre-Chevrolet learning heading to the uh, the high points, the, the mountain or really the hills of, of Hillsborough. Um, and yeah, so that is a really uh, small snapshot of, of what I get to work on in my role at OCD.
1: That's, that's amazing. It sounds like such a, a varied portfolio for each of you. So you have so many things going on. Is this- Is there one thing that you could say, like, this is the thing that I'm most passionate about right now, or this is the thing that I'm the most excited about for the future of Shorish or or you individually in your role?
2: (laughs) I'll say that I'm running this program right now, which I'm really excited about, um, because I love the wilderness and outdoors. So I get to facilitate this program with Jewish family and child services, youth who were in foster care and have transitioned out. And I'm taking them on a series of wilderness workshops and teaching them some really cool skills like bow drill, like starting a fire without a match or lighter using a bow drill or fire by friction and weaving spoon carving and all these really cool wilderness craft and building community through the the process and talking about jewish values um, and text um, woven into the program so i just started that program i took i took uh, a bunch of a bunch of the the young adults in this program into the woods we got swarmed by mosquitoes but it, it was definitely a memorable program excited to to
3: continue I, I had a hard time saying yes, because I feel like I'm, I'm so excited about so many of the things that we're holding. Um, I could say one thing that I'm personally, um, so one of the things that I think makes Shores pretty unique within the, the, the broader jockey field um, is the work that we're doing around community supported bank. Um, so, in addition to the the bee sanctuary that we've been stewarding at Bella Farm, we also have on site between us and our, our mentor Miley, I think he's now about 15 hives, um, honeybee hives. And um, that definitely started off as a Sabrina initiative. <laughs> um, and she's our, our head beekeeper and has been holding it a great deal of intention and grace for the, the last number of years. And then last fall somebody planned the Joffe Network gathering during the honey harvest and Sabrina and Jared and Beth our entire team was out of the office (laughs) so um, I got to hold harvest for the first time by myself Um, and that meant I was the one who had to go out and get the frames and brush the bees off and many people don't know that I was actually kind of afraid of bees Um, and so I've been very happy for for sabs to be really holding this but suddenly she wasn't there um and it was amazing and it was so empowering we had unbelievably successful harvest we harvested 3,000 jars of honey, all by hand, all with community support. Um, so I'm personally excited uh, to go a little bit deeper in terms of my own skills and knowledge.
0: I think we often, any anyone who, right, is either, you know, is or has been executive director or we just, you know, sort of are familiar with what that looks like. We know that there's that there's just going to be all sorts of things that you're going to need to step in to, handle right when whether whether somebody's on vacation or on a leave or whatever like you know that's part of the role but I think it's not so common for executive directors to be like oh right I might need to go do all of the honey harvesting right and like light some fires and blow some smoke into beehives that like <laughs> probably not the most typical thing for an executive director to step in and, and handle um so you know, I, I would love to hear just a little bit more, you know, in a moment, we'll ask you about just sort of like the bigger picture, like vision, you have and impact and sort of like how you see your work fitting into the into the world. But before that, I would just love to hear a little bit. I mean, you know, Risa, you've been a Jaffe, you know, educator, TEVA educator for I mean, years. It's like we're moving into the like years unit into like decades unit in a sense, but just for like a long time. And I feel like I mean, certainly when I think about who you are and um and your work, like I really uh that's that's really central to me as an educator. And so um, I was really, really inspired to hear that your role, even as executive director, still sort of allows you to be involved as like education director and to hold work, whether it's developing curriculum or you know getting out and and teaching. So um, my question is, how one, how have you, how have you made that happen, right? Like it's so easy, I think, um, to sort of lose the ability to continue moving. Forward in a career as an educator you start as an educator and then you know you take on more and more sort of administrative responsibilities if you look at sort of like you said the meta level you know keva structural work but you know a lot of times that takes you away from being able to be an active educator and that's really hard for a lot of us who like that's how we got into the work um so how have you held on to that and and then also like where you know have challenges come up where it, it has been hard to hold on to and like how are you, how well are you able to sort of balance that and, you know, um, feel like fulfilled? And- I
3: think that the way that I've been able to hold covenant to so the work that we do, like that marginal work, um, by necessity. Um, so sometimes there's the, the like just needing to be the person to jump in and, you know, plug into a program or harvest. Um, and also, not just necessity of translation, but intense, like, uh, but also necessity for me as an individual in order to stay charged, fired in this work. Um, I, I need that. Balance. And that has been at times a source of tension between me and uh, members of our board of directors. Um, you know, if you were to look at my day-to-day on paper, it maybe isn't so what uh, an executive director at a different organization might be doing. Um, and I think at times some of our board members have wanted me to put more of my internal uh, director roles abilities. And so I've, I've been able to pretty clear that that would not serve me and therefore that would not serve the organization. Um, and we've also been really blessed with support from, from Joffe to be able to bring in a staff to help create that balance. So Jared's was newly created and part of it was to help, to make sure that those, uh, those like, you know, uh, executive level things that need to happen, like development, um, weren't just uh, falling by the wayside as the uh, more immediate things that come up in the midst of a given program that it happens. So uh, it's definitely, all it's it's always about finding that balance, other and kavanah, and that's something that I learned very early on um, in Adama, that that's a lot of balance.
0: Uh- so I want to move now into sort of looking at the bigger picture of this. I mean, in some states, the sort of like, you talked about Meta Keva before, so almost now Meta Kavana, right? Like what is, you know, what are what are these sort of, um, what are the things that are driving your mission? And, um, you know, I know one one of those things that I know you all have spent a lot of time thinking about and um, responding to is climate change. And um, I, I'm thinking of one example that I think illustrates the. Um, both the centrality and of of this year work and the seriousness with which you take it, which um Jared is, you know, they were mentioning Jared, you were part of the last jockboard. And uh after our closing seminar, we had um some materials that accidentally, you know, I think they arrived late, whatever, they were still in California. <laughs> and we, uh, we got them mailed to you. And, uh, and then <laughs> I received an email from Jared that says, you know, Yoshi, I really appreciate that you, you know, mailed um, the certificate, but, you know, I don't know if it was really worth, uh, you know, the carbon footprint of, you know, shipping it out <laughs> to Toronto. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got to say, I like, I like laughed and also like, just like loved that email. <laughs> right? And uh, it just was like illustrative. To me, of you know, y'all take this really, really seriously, and the sort of thoughtfulness and um, how conscientious are about this work. So um, that's a sort of you know, semi flippant way of, of going into this question of what is this meta kavana like? What are the um, what are the greater impacts have in your community, and then also like how does that?
2: Just, just want to first say. We, we all do take it very seriously. Like everybody at Choice, like really really cares, and I think walks the walk. And Risa is model in that, and make sure that we we are living at the highest standard. And we take we uh, make sure to unplug all of our power. Risa will give us a a <laughs> a, 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 uh, a very poignant worded email, <laughs> or that we you know print, make sure if we use one side of the paper, we don't just either got to go in the scrap paper or print on the other side
3: i'm um, a tyrant
2: <laughs> so so and i think i think i opened that box with the reset together <laughs> um but all that's to say i mean if you're if you're gonna tell the community that they need to protect the earth and take this seriously then you need to do it yourself either you got to leaf by so the ultimate impact we're trying to create our community, create an empowered local Jewish community where sustainability is core to Jewish identity and environmental engagement is central to Jewish life. We're trying to demonstrate that to be Jewish is to care for the natural world and to hold the value of sustainability.
1: Boom. <laughs> well, Enough
0: that. You said, bad. Want to add
1: Beautiful. Anything.
3: Straight off. It's our <laughs> theory our of change.
2: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: There, there's almost nothing we can really follow that up with but uh if we tried what would be one piece of advice uh or two uh, a short little short little word of wisdom that you might give to somebody who's coming up in this joffy space um maybe thinking about you know is this a place that there might be a future for me what would you say to somebody like that
2: i would say do the joffy fellowship i was in the third cohort and it was an amazing experience and it made field. I have a network of colleagues that are now close friends of mine. Every single one of the, the immersive experiences as part of that fellowship at um, Bella Friedman and Tamarack or Urban Adama, they were so incredible. And I learned so much about, about Judaism and about nature. And it was such, a, it was such just a magical experience where like, I felt like I was given the skills and also I really like felt very fulfilled and filled my heart in that and like I, I'm now working more administratively while still having programming experience. And because I have this like deep background through my the Joffe world, um, it's fuel you know, to to stay in field and also the knowledge base, which is really important. So do the Joffe Fellowship,
1: And Risa, What about you?
2: Oh, there, no, that sorry. Was great. Did, did that make sense? Should I try that again? No,
1: perfect. no, that was like the best organic plug for the Joffe Fellowship. It was beautiful. So, <laughs> it was I mean, beautiful. I mean, oh, like I was right,
0: right.
2: Like, where we like, then I, that's why I said that. Um, piece of
3: advice that i would give to somebody in this magical magical world um is to to go broad um check out all the different going organizations there are so many organizations that's holy work and on one hand um all these organizations are brothers sisters cousins um and doing similar uh, similarly aligned work and we're all doing things differently and have different areas of, of focus. So go broad, see see what's out there. And go um, pick something that you want to learn about, pick a new skill that you want to acquire, pick a single experience that you want to have, and just start with that one or two things and commit yourself to, to really invest the time and the energy over because that's what's going to really root you in unity, and work, and that's what's going to ground you in the places you are operating. Unity.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so we've been we've been listening to Jaffa Space with our, our friends at Shoresh in Toronto, Canada. Um, thank you. Thank you all for joining us.
2: See you at the Network Gathering. Thank you so much. Come visit us we'll in the See North. you
0: at the Jaffa Network Gathering. Y'all, where can we find you online? Uh, shoresh.ca, Instagram, at Shoresh, T-O, Shoresh Toronto, anywhere else that folks should look for you. They're trying to just, you know, connect and learn more about what y'all do.
2: Facebook. Pick up the phone and give us a call. (laughs)
3: 416-805-8382. We'd love to chat.
0: Amazing. All right. (laughs) Thank you all so, so much. And, uh, yep, you're here to hear folks. Um, Pick up the phone, give them a call. These folks who are, you know, hanging out in the office, while all of their uncertain number of employees are out doing all the fun work in this field. (laughs) All right. That's it. Uh, Thanks, y'all. We'll talk talk to everyone soon.
3: Jaffe programs are made possible by a growing web of staff, participants, volunteers, lay leaders, donors, organizations, institutions, and foundations. In particular, our national Jaffee work at Chazon is made possible by funding from the Jim Joseph Foundation. This podcast was produced by Yoshi Silverstein and Hannah Henza. It was edited by Leora Nevins and distributed by the Chazon Marketing Team. To learn more, check out the show notes, visit our website at hazone.org slash jaffe. That's J-O-F-E-E. And be in touch.